You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Chris Helm and Jack Joynson from Mission Partner Scripture Union. So what I want to chat to you guys about today um, is actually cricket. Um, now, I know that this is going to cause some people's you know, brains to check out and eyes to glaze over, but I promise I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty detail of things. I love the game and I can chat about that with you later if you've got any questions. Uh, but what I want to chat to you about is actually um, because I've picked it up so late in life, I picked it up five years ago, um, and uh, because of where I was, my uh, way of learning has slowed down. So it's provided this very interesting and complex uh, way of me actually picking up and learning about the game. Uh, Now, batting is not my strong suit. Uh, It is an area that I constantly have to work on, Um, and I really, really struggled the first couple of years to stay in. And man, I just, I had people from all sorts of walks of life try and help me grow and develop as a person. Uh, so much so that I've got a couple of different stories about those, these people. So often playing it at home, um, I'd get out, it was good delivery, often took out the stumps. I'd get in, sit down amongst my teammates, and then after the game, come in and um, hang out in the club rooms. Uh, And without a doubt, this wizened old man who has been around a club for quite a while, has played himself and knows a fair bit about the game, immediately goes, you know what your issue was? The reason why you went out? You didn't move your feet. If you hadn't moved your feet, kept your head over the ball, you wouldn't have gone out. I went, yeah, you're right. Oh man, it's just so many other things that I think I was doing wrong as well. And just went on this real downward spiral about, oh man, yeah, I'm, I'm really bad at batting. I've got a lot to work on. And then completely came overwhelmed. Um, so I found that sort of, teaching not particularly helpful to me because it made me worried about a much bigger picture and didn't actually improve me. The second person um, that helped me along my journey uh, was my coach. Um, Now, a bit of backstory for my coach. um, uh, As well as being the coach, they are the uh, captain of the first. So often when we're playing, they're off at another game. So they rarely get the chance to see what I'm doing. Um, They often are able to see, um, uh, I'll just, do you want me, I'll back up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They rarely see me at a game. Um, So what they get is this bit of an introduction to me and me as a player just through training. Um, and without asking me, they'll offer advice. You know, oh, if you, if you, as the bowler's running in, take a step back or, you know, um, 
you know, you seem to be plonking your foot here and whatever. Yes, it's helpful in the long run, but it's not actually tailoring to, to me, to, to, to my needs, to how I want to improve my game. And that's where we get to the third person. Um, I have had the privilege of actually playing with uh, my uh, 56-year-old dad the last couple of years. Uh, and uh, I love playing with him because at the end of the game, we often do this little debrief where he'll ask me a very, very simple question. And it is so profound. Uh, it is, what was the best thing that you did today? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was my fielding, you know, I think it was this, but I'd really like to work on this part of my game. It's invited me to think about the positives and then think about the negatives or where I would like to see growth within my own game. And it's a really healthy way of looking at it. Now, by now you're probably thinking, geez, you know, you're supposed to be talking about God here, Jack. You seem to be really fixated on cricket. That's because this story is a little bit of a parable. Uh, each one of these members represents somebody uh, in society or within our context. So the wizened old man, uh, I like to think of him as society. He's got a lot of experience, a lot of things to say about the individual's purpose. Um, but often causes us as individuals to feel quite negative about ourselves. Then we've got the coach, our teachers, uh, who want the, really want our, the best for us, really want us to strive and get into our own shoes. However, if they don't understand the in individual, they can do a bit more harm than good as well. Then we've got my dad, and he's gonna chuckle at me if he ever sees this, um, but he's actually God in this situation. God takes the time to examine the positives of us and allow us to actually grow in, in ourselves by just asking simple questions. Um, so just unpacking that a little bit. However, that's not the main point of my uh, talk. Uh, I like to be multifaceted. What I have just done for you guys is a short snippet of what I have to do in a classroom at school. Me being in a, a public school, I'm not actually able to speak God into anything. Unless I get asked a specific question about it, I can't, can't speak. But those stories that I have where I can relate God's kingdom to them through experience that, experiences that they understand, I can teach God to them without actually saying God whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I think Chris has got some more info about us being in exile and, well, sort of in exile. Um, so I'm going to metaphorically pass the bat onto him um, so that he comes in and, uh, yeah, tells you a bit more about that. The Bible reading today comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 1 to 14. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, 
and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiakim and the Queen Mother, the court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shaphan, and to Gemariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King, Babel, to king Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, thank you, Jack. I really appreciate hearing your reflections. Love your passion for cricket, but even more love your passion for young people and seeing them thrive. I also love the ways that you are trying to see God's kingdom come and make God's kingdom known uh, in ways and in a place that often kind of doesn't get that or struggles to understand that, struggles to make space for that as well. I love to reflect on lessons learned from uh, Jeremiah 29 and uh, really grateful that we've just had that read um, and how that helps us to think about what it means to, for example, 
be followers of Jesus in a secular environment like a government school. But you might also translate these lessons to a secular workplace or to just your own street or your family or other places where the people that we move amongst don't share that same value system, belief system, uh, or sense that God is actually king and that God is sovereign. Just to recap where this reading has come from, in the book of Jeremiah, God's people had been warned consistently again and again and again, you need to turn back to me. You're not living the way I've told you to. You're not following the way that I want you to be. And eventually those warnings uh, culminated in being overthrown by the Babylonians and Jerusalem being destroyed and the people of Israel being taken into exile in Babylon. Initially, the people of Israel, their feeling was, well, they knew something had gone wrong, but they were like, but surely God's going to come in at any moment and fix this. That was their initial thought. God's going to overthrow the Babylonians and show how powerful God is and we'll all get restored to Jerusalem. That was their initial feeling. And in the 29th chapter of Jeremiah, we see Jeremiah writing a letter to the exiles, the people who've been carried off to Babylon. And he says something like this, let me paraphrase. I know you've got a lot of prophets who are trying to speak comforting words and say, it's all right, you'll be out of here soon. But actually God is saying to you, no, that's not the plan. And actually God is saying, I was in this. I was in this, you being taken from what you thought was your homeland and taken into a foreign land. I was in that. So God says, you'll actually be there for 70 years. And what do I want you to do in that time? I want you to settle down. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to find wives and husbands for your children. And I want you to settle into that place. I love my favourite verse in this chapter Jeremiah 29 is actually verse 7. Let me read it again. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Hear that? The city to which I have carried you into exile. That's a reminder. This wasn't an accident. It wasn't like God went to sleep and woke up and the Babylonians had taken over. No, no. Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. I love that verse. I love that focus and that invitation. It kind of indicates that not only was God in those circumstances, but also that God cares as much for that place and those people where they've been carried into exile as he does for the people of Israel. This was pretty radical news. <laughs> this was perhaps not what the people of Israel would have expected I think there would have been a lot of people amongst the Israelites who kind of thought, well, God's on our side, God's with us, and God is not with them. And yet here's God saying, you settle in and you seek the welfare and the prosperity of these people, these Babylonians who you thought were the enemy, you seek their welfare and prosperity. If they prosper, you too will prosper. Now, why is this relevant for Scripture Union? Why is this relevant for Jack and for anyone who might find themselves working in a space that is not under the kingdom of God. It doesn't see itself as under the kingdom of God. Well, it's relevant because I think that actually describes much of Victorian society at the moment. It's largely secular, which means there's lots of different worldviews, but the leadership of, of our state, not necessarily 
always kind of warm towards faith and religion. Um, and we as the people need to work out, well, what does it mean to live in that space? And I love this reminder and this invitation of God through Jeremiah to God's people saying, what should you do there? Well, I want you to actually seek the peace and prosperity of those people of that place. And so we have this opportunity, and Jack directly has the opportunity here at Keysborough College to come in and be that person, to seek the peace and prosperity of this place, of these students, of these staff, of these families, of this school leadership. And in that way, to honour and represent God and to honour and represent God's good news. That's part of the privilege that chaplains have, but that's not exclusively for chaplains. <laughs> and we love that too. We love that actually any follower of Jesus can step towards their local school and say, how can I serve you? How can I be a blessing to you? How can we as a local faith community be a blessing in our local school and schools? Well, why would you do that? Well, for starters, such a community hub and such a gathering place for so many young people and families, for so many adults who are serving there as teachers and um, education support staff and principals, so much of community comes together in a school. It's such a wonderful place to step up as a local faith community and say, how can we serve you? How can we be a blessing? How can we seek your prosperity? And to remind school communities that actually God is for us. To draw on John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. How can we demonstrate God's love for a world that often has forgotten God? How do we remind that world that God hasn't forgotten them? We believe it is by stepping towards schools and other community and secular spaces and saying, hey, we're still here. How can we serve you? How can we bless you? And so that's part of the work of Scripture Union is always partnering with churches and empowering volunteers and empowering chaplains to be people that step towards people who don't know God and say, how can we serve? How can we bless? How can we be a living reminder of God's love and good news? So as we cut this off, I'd love to pray for you, pray for all of us as we uh, prayerfully consider how do we respond to that invitation? What is God calling us to? So, yeah, let me pray. God, we love that you are an invitational God. We love that you are the kind of God that doesn't just want to fix things yourself, but has always been about creating a world to be a part of and to partner with. And thanks that we get to partner with you in seeing your kingdom come. We pray together for people like Jack and for people who find themselves in spaces, in schools, in secular institutions, pray that you would continue to deepen their love of you and deepen how that love flows through them to be a blessing to those around them. And we pray that you would help each of us to be prayerful each day, asking God, how can I be a blessing? How can I be seeking the peace and prosperity of this place where you've placed us? Would you keep shaping us as a people that lives our lives in that way so that we can follow where you lead us and uh, be a people that honours your name uh, everywhere we go. And Jesus, we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.